Uh, well, joy is your compass, and Jesus is your destination. Amen? All right. Of course, my, my blessing today is you. It's you. And, and, and everything that you did back there, um, I am super excited. So excited to be able to go out and take sleeping bags and pillows and, and, and make sure that they're sleeping on sheets and... Um, you know, just all the, the essentials, you know, like I just know that it's going to be such a blessing. So you are my blessing today. I just thank you all so much for, for responding the way that you just did uh, today. So thank you. Um, let's read our declaration together. And so uh, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this this opportunity to be with you, Lord. We thank you for inviting us here to be in your presence, God. I pray, Father, that you would open up our eyes to see things the way that you want us to see them and see people the way that you want us to and desire us to see them, God. Open up our spirits today, Father, to receive and digest anything that you have for us today. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I was talking to an old buddy last week about some issues that he, was, uh, that he was having, and one of the things that he said to me, he said this. He said, Marlon, and we was dealing with his, with his marriage, but he said, I've tried everything, and nothing seems to matter. Like, I just don't see the purpose, right? And as a pastor, I talk to a lot of people, and it can be one of the most disheartening things to hear. But the reality is this, is that we've all been there. We've all been there, right? Well, and it might be dealing with your marriage. It might be dealing with your job. It might be dealing with your health, you know, your finances, whatever it is. We've all reached that point, that threshold of, I just don't see the purpose in this. I believe the reason most of us don't see the purpose is because whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever it is that we're going through, is causing so much pain in your life that it just seems to be unbearable, right? I mean, if I ask everybody in this room right now by a show of hands, how many of you like to be in pain? I didn't get one hand. Come on. Nobody. Right? And I didn't think I would, but... Most of us would actually say that I hate pain. I hate pain. But what I come to realize is this, is that I don't, I don't think that most people hate pain. I think that most people hate pain without a purpose. Right? I think you hate pain without a purpose. My message today is uh, pain, I'm sorry, purpose in your pain. The purpose in your pain. The reality is that people can actually endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. How many? Never mind. <laughs> Earlier this year, Pastor Louie asked me to uh, start working out with him. And I actually considered it until I found out that he was a CrossFit trainer. He's a CrossFit trainer, right? And I don't know if any of you have ever seen a CrossFit workout, but but they are insane. They're insane. And everybody's face screams pain. Tim, show me the picture of Pastor Lou. Look at this guy. 
Show me the other. Does that look like fun? Look at his face. Go back to the other picture. Look at his face. That does not say fun to me. And people pay for that. They actually pay to do that. But what I've watched is I've watched him over the course of this year go through this crazy transformation with his body. A crazy transformation because he endured pain. He endured the pain. So for him and for other people who, who are in CrossFit, like this, this, this payoff is worth it. It's worth it to them. There's a satisfaction. There's a, there's a fulfillment to it. See, people can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. Go with me to Luke 22, 31 through 32. And this is at the Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples. And, and Jesus is talking to Simon Peter. And what he says here is he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He says, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. What Jesus is telling Simon here is he's saying the devil is asking permission to hurt you. He, he wants to harm you, right? He wants to shake you apart. He wants, to, he wants to break you down. He wants to test you. And I can imagine Peter thinking to himself, you mean the devil, Satan, wants to test why, why does he want to hurt me? Why me? Right? And, and a lot of us have been in this situation, right? And you've thought, why me? Why do I have to go through this? What did, what did I do? What did I do to deserve all this pain? What did I do for you to treat me like this? Why me? And Pe Peter is, is probably thinking, come on, Jesus. Like, you're not going to allow him just to, to interfere and touch my life and cause pain in my life, are you? Like, I've seen you. I've seen you, you heal the sick. I've seen you raise the dead. You know, I've seen you defend an adulterous woman. I've seen you defend and help people that, that, that hardly even know. You don't even know. I've been with you for three and a half, three years. What, what did I do? There's no way you're going to allow the, the devil to cause pain in my life. And that's how a lot of us feel. Right? That's how a lot of us feel. Why is God allowing this pain in my life? Why is he allowing these things to happen to me? And the reason we feel that way, I believe, is, is because some Christians have been sold a lie. You've been sold a lie. And the lie is this, is that becoming a Christian is a path of a low-maintenance and hassle-free life. But that's a lie. Right? Here's the truth. The truth is in, in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? And I know it's like, boo, that sounds like a bad deal, becoming a Christian. And the reason why this happens is because when, when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we became a Christian, we transferred from darkness to light. We transferred from death to life. We transferred from sin to forgiveness. Amen? 
And when that happened, you didn't only gain a spiritual father, you also gained a spiritual enemy. The second you became a believer, you gained an enemy who who wants to kill, steal, and destroy your entire life. He wants to wage war against any follower of Jesus. And Peter found himself on the front line. But the good news is this, is that we always have somebody at the right hand of God interceding for us at every moment of every day. Amen? He's standing in the gap for you. He's standing in the gap for you. Jesus goes on to say in verse 32, he said, but I have prayed for you. I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And I know you're probably thinking, you pray. Simon's like, you're praying for me. Why don't you just, no, no, no. Don't pray for me. Do that thing you do when you heal people. You know what I mean? Do that stuff that you do when you raise people from the dead. Do that. You pray for me. But yeah, he said, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And I think the first purpose of our pain is our pain is to test your faith. Our pain is to test your faith. The truth is none of us want our lives to be interrupted because the idea that pain, that pain we experience in life has a purpose behind it, it's, it's really a foreign, it's foreign to us. It's ridiculously foreign to us that the pain has a purpose in our lives, right? But let me tell you, whenever you feel like the devil's attacking or testing you, it's important for you to know this. It's important for you to know that sometimes God's preparation comes packaged in pain. Sometimes his preparation in your life comes packaged as pain. See, God might be using the pain that you're enduring to do something in us so that he can do something through us. Right? The pain that we experience may be preparation for uh, the purpose God's prepared us for. He may be allowing it because that's the only thing, that pain that you're going through is the only thing that's going to strengthen you and grow you in a way that you get to the place where he can actually use you. And when when we can begin to see it that way, Right, what it does is it doesn't, it doesn't take the pain away. What it does is it, it gives the pain a purpose. Right, God is capable of using every pain to produce a good purpose. Scripture tells us in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his what? His purpose. His purpose. And this is a scripture that I think all of us know, but we only believe it when things are going good. Right? But the scripture, it doesn't say that we know that good things work together for good. The Word of God says all things, all things work together for good. That means in the promotion, that means in the termination that he's working it out for you. That means that when you got money in your pocket and when you broke, he's working things out for you, right? That means that when the relationship is going great or in the separation, he is working things out for you. He's working all things out for your good. And notice that Jesus, wasn't, he wasn't causing Peter's pain, but he was allowing it. Right? He was allowing it. In Peter's case, his painful experience came a couple verses later when Jesus 
predicts that, 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 that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And what did, what did Peter say boldly? Peter said, no, no, no. No, 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 Jesus. I, I'd never do that to you. I got your back this entire way. I mean, to prison, even to the death, even to the grave, I got your back, right? And three different times, a little girl comes to Peter and says, hey, man, I think this dude is one of the disciples. Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. She said, no, 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 I think this guy right here was with the disciples. Nope, wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. The most painful part of Peter is found when he's denying him actually on the third time, right? In, in, in Luke 22, 61, 62, it says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord has spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. One of the versions actually says uh, that, that as he was saying it, as it was coming out of his mouth, he looked over at Jesus while he was denying him. And looked him, and Jesus looked him right in the eye. I mean, think about that. You're denying the Lord. You're denying Jesus, and he looks you right in the eye as you're doing it. It says that he wept bitterly. The pain for Peter felt overbearing, overwhelming. And as much as we might want to wave our fist at Peter, I can't. I can't because I get it, right? I get it. I've, I know what it's like to have intentions that are good but follow through that falls to pieces, Intentions that are good, but follow through that falls to pieces. And he was probably thinking in that moment, I'm such a failure. Right? Like, like I'm such a failure. I, I, just, I just denied Jesus. I just let God down. I'm such a failure. And I've been in that place before where I just feel like I'm such a failure. And if we're honest with each other, all of us have been there. All of us have been there where you feel like such a failure. But I want to encourage you today and tell you that what we see as a failure, God sees as a foundation. God sees something that he can work with, something that he can build on. So don't let your confusion, don't let the confusion of your pain cloud the clarity of the purpose in your life. Amen? Don't let the confusion of your pain cloud the clarity of, your, of the purpose in your life. He sees something that we don't. He see, you, you see something falling apart, he sees something, man, I can't wait to put that back together again. Oh, I can't wait to put that back together again. So instead of seeing your pain as a failure, see it as the foundation that our sovereign Lord can use for his glory. Amen? He tells Peter later in Scripture because of his faith found in Matthew 16, 18, it says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He sees something in us that we don't even see in ourselves. Know that he can take that situation and make something out of what we thought was absolutely nothing. The God of eternity is working everything out from his eternal perspective. He knows the beginning from the end where all accounts are settled. But what he's saying right now is God is calling the righteous just to have faith in him. 
Don't look at life through a perspective of pain. Instead, see the pain through a perspective of purpose. Amen? When God gave the devil permission and the authority to take, to take away Job's, he took away his livestock, he took away his wealth, he took away his, his health, he took away his kids. I mean, Job went through some of the most, the worst physical and emotional and spiritual torment and pain in the Bible. But by the time Job gets through this test, he says to God, he says this, he says in Job 42.5, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. But now my eye sees you. What Job is saying, in other words, what he's saying here is, it's because of this painful season that I just went through that I've come to know you, God, in a whole new way that I would have never have known you had I not gone through this experience. That's what Job is saying there. You see, so God's purpose in your pain by testing your faith, it isn't just to test your faith for the sake of testing your faith, right? But it's to help you grow in your faith, help you grow uh, in, in your trust in him. Amen? Another purpose for our pain is to produce endurance. It's to produce endurance. Romans 3, 5 says, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering." Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. If you've, if you've never run more than a couple hundred yards in your life, it doesn't matter how bad you want to or how much you strive, there's no way that you can run a marathon tomorrow. Right? Your body just doesn't have the endurance for it. The endurance isn't built up in it. There's a process that has to be taken to prepare yourself for the marathon. In 2010, uh, Pastor Michelle was asked by a co-worker uh, to run in a marathon. And at that time, she was just before she was 40 years old, and she said that she didn't feel great about where she was physically. And so she, she said, you know what, I'll do it. All right, so she decided to, to run a marathon. Now, before that point, she had never jogged more than two miles right? And um, so what she did to get started was she decided to go to a gym, jump on a treadmill. And so she says she got there, and she jumps on this treadmill, and she starts going, she starts running. And when she reached two miles, she looked down, and she said, I got this. I got this. I think I can run this. And she also had a motivating factor, which was to beat this guy who asked her to run in this marathon. He had run several marathons before. And so her, her motivation was like, I got this, I can run it, I also think that I can beat this guy, right? And so the training began, and what she did was she joined yoga, she joined a yoga class, she started doing yoga, she, she started boxing, like I didn't even know this before I met Pastor Michelle, but she started boxing, you know? Uh, and then she continued this, this, this strict schedule of, of running, right? So she's yoga, she's boxing, she's running. Uh, over the next two years... Two years. She's doing this training, and she ran two half marathons. That's what, 13.1 miles. That makes my mouth water like I want to throw up. 13.1 miles. And so she runs two of these. So now she, she, now she says, I think I'm ready. Right? So she and this coworker sign up for this marathon. And so she continues her training. Now, halfway through her training, 
she pulls her hamstring. She pulls a hamstring halfway through the training. So this co-worker who had already run these marathons, he tells her, there's no purpose. There's no purpose in you continuing, right? Because he's telling her that, that, that there's no way that you're going to be able to go and run a marathon after you've pulled your hamstring. I have run several marathons myself, and I'm aware of this. So there's no purpose for you to run this marathon. Ugh. So this makes her mad. Two reasons. It makes her mad, right? Because first of all, he's telling her that she can't do it. And secondly, her motivation was to beat you anyway. And so what she did was she, she pressed on. She pressed on and she started physical therapy, right? And this put her way behind in her training schedule, but she decides to run the race anyway. Her, her, motiv- her motivation now turned from, I'm going to beat you, to I'm just going to prove you wrong right now, right? Because sometimes your motivation has to change from the end result of, devil, I'm going to beat you, to devil, I'm just going to prove you wrong today about what you're saying about my family, about what you're saying about my marriage, about what you're saying about my job. I'm going to prove you wrong about this today. And so on May 22nd, 2012, Pastor Michelle starts running in the Cleveland Marathon. Now, I'm really almost going to throw up. The marathon is 26 point. Everybody know this? A marathon is 26.2 miles. 26.2 miles. I don't even want to come pick you up in my car if I got to drive 26.2 miles, that's 24 minutes out of my life that I ain't getting back. 26.2 miles. And so I don't know who thinks that this activity right here for 26 miles is fun. But 26.2 miles, and she said that she was running it, she was feeling great, and she actually reached the, the half marathon marker and saw the, the, the time, and she was beating the time that she had previously ran for the other two half marathons. And so she felt amazing, and she just kept that pace, you know, and everything was going great until mile marker 18. When she hit mile marker 18, she pulled her hamstring. At mile marker 18, she pulls her hamstring. Like after all this hard work, after, after all this, this blood, sweat, and tears, after everything I've done for two years, really, God? Really? At 18 miles in? At mile marker 18. And, and I really think that there's so many of us right now who, who are at Mile marker 18. We're just simply at mile marker 18 where, you know, I've invested every cent into this business just to have it fold. I've put everything I had into this marriage just for things to fall apart. Right? Like I've worked at this job all of my life just to have them let me go now. There's a lot of people right now at mile marker 18. But listen, it is inevitable. We are all going to go through pain. We're all going to go through something. But when you begin to see pain through the perspective of purpose, what it does is it changes everything. 
it changes how you respond to your pain. Amen? When you see things from that perspective of purpose, that's what it does. And, and Tim, show me that picture. Pastor Michelle finished that race. She finished the marathon. See, when you stay focused on the purpose, you can endure the pain. You can endure that pain. She couldn't see the finish line from mile marker 18, but she knew there was a finish line. She knew it was there. In the same way, you and I may not know when the pain is going to end, but we know that it will end, right? Because as sons of daughters in the Most High God, Scripture tells us this. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. It's a season. And, and we don't know. We don't know how long the season is. We don't know how long the pain is going to last. It could be months before you find a new job, but God. Okay? It can be months before your marriage is restored, but God. It could be months before you get over the sickness, but God. Right? We don't, I mean, it may have taken Pastor Michelle just as long to finish that 8.1 miles as it did to, to jog the 18 miles, but God. Somebody should just say, but God, over your situation today. Listen, the world challenges every one of us. The devil is going to test every single one of us. But it's in those broken places that God is our strength. It's in those broken places that he's our strength. Mile marker 18 sometimes causes people to run in the opposite direction. But you got two choices. you got two choices it's either in your pain, you're going to run to God or you're going to run from God. That's your two choices. Use your pain to draw close to God. Thousands of people, thousands including myself, have come to know Jesus intimately in our pain. The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. God is never closer to you than when you're in pain. A lot of us don't know what we're capable of until we face pain. It's out of suffering that the strongest souls emerge. Amen? Pain has a purpose in your life. It's got this sneaky way of drawing you back to the feet of Jesus. Right? It's got a way of, of pushing you over the line and the, into the presence of God. Pain does. What it does is it creates this toughness in you that only through that struggle, your struggle is the, is the proof. It's the proof that you haven't been overtaken by the enemy that you're still struggling. Your fight is the proof that the enemy isn't bigger than your God, right? The fact that, that you're still fighting is an indicator that God is still with you and that he's still doing something in you, amen? And finally, I believe most importantly, our pain is to equip us to help other people. Our pain is to equip us to help others. Your greatest ministry will come out of the deepest pain or the deepest struggle in your life. And it's only if you're honest with yourself, it's only if you're honest with others and you're honest, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you're honest with God, that your greatest ministry will come out of that. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we also we ourselves receive from God. What Paul is saying here is, is Paul saying God is the source of all comfort. And he comforts us so that we might go out and comfort others with that same comfort that he comforted us with. It's overflowing for us just to give away because he'll keep comforting you. He'll keep filling you. Amen? I mean, who's better qualified to help somebody struggling with an addiction than somebody who conquered an addiction? Right? Who's better to help somebody dealing with marital issues than somebody who's dealt with marital issues? God can use anybody in anything. He will turn your pain into a powerful ministry if you allow him. We got to stop trying to hide our scars and pretending that God didn't pull us out of something. Matthew 5:14 says, "You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden." You see the scars that we share, they become lighthouses for other people who are headed to set to, to, to the same rocks that we've already hit. We want to hide our messes, but our messes become our messages. Every area of your life, every area that you've experienced pain, that's a testimony. That's a testimony right there. If you file bankruptcy, you got a financial testimony. If you've, if you've been abused, you, you, you have a survivor testimony because you're here. Right? If you've, if you've been dogged out and you send that person a gift, you got a forgiveness testimony. Every area of pain in your life, you can testify to somebody else about God's goodness because you're still standing here. Psalm 75, I'm sorry, 7115 says, my mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. The psalmist here, he understood the power of a testimony and how it could change someone, somebody else's life. And so what he's saying is he says, I'm not, I'm not just going to testify about your goodness on Sundays, right? I'm declaring and I'm going to talk about your goodness to the Lord. I'm going to talk about the goodness to the Lord every day. I'm going to talk about it every day of the week. I'm going to talk about it every day of the month, every day of the year. I'm going to talk about his goodness for the rest of my life. It don't matter what I'm standing in right now. God is good. All right? And he will get you out of it. He will walk you through it. That is the only place that you're going to grow is in the valley. He is the same God on the mountains as he is in the valley. Finally, let's look at what Jesus says to Simon Peter in our original text. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has, has asked to sift you uh, uh, like wheat. But I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. See, the... The thing the enemy wants to use to hurt you, God will use to strengthen you. God says, I always use the devil for my dirty work. What he's trying to do to break you down 
God said, that's exactly what I needed to lift you up, man, for you to turn your eyes to me so I can lift you up. He'll strengthen you in it. And when he strengthens you, there'll be this reverent response. And you, you'll turn back to him. And when you, when you turn back, you'll be different. You won't be the same at all. You, you're going to be more prepared when you turn back. You're going to be more prepared for, the, for God's purpose in your life. You see, after Jesus' death and resurrection, the first person to preach at Pentecost on the resurrection power and forgiveness was Peter. It was Peter. You see, his pain had prepared him for that moment. His pain had prepared him for his ministry. Don't despise your pain. God's doing something in everything. When Peter said, repent of your sins, he was preaching from a place of experience, of personal experience, because he knew what it meant, what it felt like to be forgiven of his sins. And the Bible says that 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom that day. We may not always see it, but but we can choose to believe that God is doing something in our pain. Amen? Stand with me as I close. I think, I think knowing why something's happening, at least understanding that, that something is happening from, from a spiritual standpoint can help us by understanding that, that God's doing something in our pain. He's doing something to help us get through it. And it doesn't matter what kind of pain we're dealing with, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, relational, mental, I've been through it all. We might handle it better if we focus on the possible purpose of the pain. Our pain is an opportunity to grow our character, to grow our understanding, to grow in Jesus, to become more and more like Jesus. Every painful experience that you find yourself in and that you make it through, it's because of Jesus. It makes you look more and more like Jesus if you look back and see who you can pull up See, because he doesn't waste those things. He doesn't waste any pain. So anything that you're going through, you better believe he's going to send somebody in your life that you can minister to. Pain always transforms us, either for good or for bad. It'll make you bitter or it'll make you better. That's a choice. It never leaves us where it, found, where it finds us. Use the pain in your life today to motivate you to draw closer to God. See, the greatest witness of God, of his love, it wasn't, it wasn't Jesus' perfect life. It wasn't the greatest witness of God's love. It wasn't 
the miracles that, that Jesus performed, that wasn't the greatest witness of God's love. The greatest witness of God's love was the suffering and the pain that Jesus went through on the cross. Amen? There's always a purpose in your pain. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Father, for always being there for us, for never leaving us, never forsaking us. Even though we don't understand, God, and we know that we're going to go through pain, Father, we thank you, Jesus, for always interceding for us, always being at the right hand of the Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for always walking with us, never leaving us, never letting us go, but for growing us through all of our situations. thank you for growing our faith. I pray, God, that whatever we're going through this week, Lord, that you help us see your goodness through a perspective of purpose. Knowing that you're working in it all, that you're working all things out, God, for our good. We bless you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you, God, for helping us endure through our, our pain. Helping us keep our eyes on the prize, which is you, Jesus. Help us grow in who we are in you, Father. We, we're moldable vessels for you to use, God, because we want to look more like you, Jesus. Help us keep our eyes, keep our gaze on you, Father, this week. We thank you, Father, for being the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Being the same God on the mountains as you are in the valleys, Lord. We lift you up today and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer... If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, we want to invite you up here to do that today. We're going to have some pastors and altar ministers up here to do that today. We would love to pray with you. We would love to pray for you. You guys look beautiful today. Again, thank you so much for your response to Joshua Kids. You guys look like Jesus. You look like Jesus to me. I look forward to seeing you all next week. I'll be posting a bunch of pictures from Camp Koinonia this week. If you guys get an opportunity, come out. Come out for a day. Just come, just come spend the day with the kids. Love on them. Show them Jesus. Come worship with them. We would love to have you out there. Amen? Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.